Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Lincoln's Musical Podcast. Hope you are all having a wonderful day. We got a great episode for you today, but before we get into it, I want to do my uh, basic intro to anyone who has not listened to the podcast before now. For those of you who do not know, I tend to, you know, I will record an episode um, I, this is the, pff, recording episode, oh my goodness, I'm already so flustered, um, basically, this is the podcast wherein I discuss all things musicals, I review them, I dreamcast them, I break them down, if they're movie musicals, I'll talk about them with my brother, who's a filmmaker, I bring on special guest stars, I now have special episodes, we talk about anything in the sun, if it's involving musicals, we're gonna talk about it on this podcast, so if that's something of interest to you, Thank you so much for coming along with us today. We have a bunch of amazing episodes for you all to check out. I'm available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a myriad of other sources. Um, so I just really appreciate you all tuning in with me and joining me today. I really appreciate it. Um, we are only now four days away from the new year, um, which is quite crazy to wrap my mind around um it's it's very crazy to think that we somehow made it through this chaotic year but um first things first before we go further into this episode i um i want to i owe you all an apology i did say i recorded an episode before the break started i'm on christian program now fun fact um that i was going to give you all 14 days worth of content over this Christmas break, because that's how many days I have off. So, you know, I had it in my head that I was going to be able to go. Like, once break started, jump into the first week of Christmas break, just recording, 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 release, record, release, record, release. And I actually did record an episode last week, but I didn't release any last week. And that is ultimately because I kind of just needed a break from everything. Um, I... You know, for those of you who don't know, this is my senior year and I've been immensely busy and I just, you know, I literally just crashed and, and spent a good majority of the day under some sort of blanket of some sort or was eating or did maybe a couple of exercises. Um, and just, you know, last week I was just like, this is so chaotic. I didn't even recognize it was going to be Christmas this the last prior week. I thought it was this week, but that tells you how out of funk I've been. Um, and I kind of just needed a break, really, y'all. I just needed a, a week off from everything. I didn't even work on my musical last week. Um, I did record an episode that will be coming dropping today with this episode. So you'll get a, a typical episode and a special episode. So you should be having fun with that. And tomorrow we'll be back on regular scheduled programming for the rest of the week. Um, and actually, I'll bring something up at the end of this episode that is that we might cover in a special episode. But... Again, we're just going to kind of, and I kind of will go ahead and, um, you know, inform you about what the next year will kind of look like, what we're going to be kind of doing from here on out, what programming will look like going forward, and, you know, because I want to get us back to a more, I think, into this new year of 2021, one thing I'll be trying to do is keeping us on a more regular schedule and also expanding the audience, but again, We've, I'm already off topic. We, I just wanted to apologize to you all for my lack of content last week. But rest assured, you'll be getting a good amount of podcast content this week. Um, and again, I hope you all are enjoying this. I hope you all are having a great rest end of year. Hope you had a great Christmas time. I hope you have a great New Year's Eve. I just hope you all can find solace in this um, year almost being over. And without further ado, let's get into what this episode is about. Because we've already been rambling enough. 
Um, on this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing a musical. We will be discussing The Hunchback of Notre Dame, the musical. Um, <clears throat> that is correct. We'll be discussing it. Um, I, you know, this one is pretty, it's pre- a pretty interesting shift. It goes from what we've been talking about, I feel like the past movies we've been talking about have been pretty bright in tone. I mean, we talked about Lion King, Hairspray, The Grinch, the special episode you'll be seeing today, you, we'll be talking about The Prom next, but today, in this episode, we're talking about a pretty, a little more dark musical, kind of a gothic fairy tale, as it were, because the thing is, I think a majority of my fans, of the people who listen on this no, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, the Disney movie. And fun fact, Disney actually did do this musical. They were behind it. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I want to go ahead and check so I'm not giving y'all false information. Um, but Alan Menken did the music for this, and Stephen Schwartz did the lyrics. So, um, you know, it was so that so again they had a good they had a Disney team on the music. That being Alan Menken, who also would end up doing the music for the film. But anyway, the thing is this. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Hunchback Notre Dame was originally a novel by Victor Hugo, by Victor Hugo, and the thing is, with that, um, Victor Hugo originally wrote the book of the Hunchback Notre Dame, and it's a lot darker than the actual movie, which is saying something, since the movie is also pretty dark, but what makes this musical special is that it's a blend between the mu- the, the Disney movie and the book, in that they're using the Disney music um, from the film with certain songs, um, they have certain songs from the movie in the musical, in addition to a bunch of other songs that have been added for the film, but, for the musical, that is, but the thing is, that music is being served to tell the story of the novel. It's, it's not the movie, uh, if you're looking for, if you think this is, like, one of those Disney musical movie, musicals, based on the movies that it's, like, a rage shred of the movie, it's not that. It's, it's actually true to the novel of, of Victor Hugo's Hunchback of Notre Dame, using Disney music that we know to tell the story, in addition to some other really good, albeit very operatic and gothic sort of songs, if that makes any sense. The actual um, soundtrack is backed by a choir. There's an actual choir in the show, um, in the version that I am familiar with, so, again, you really do get this sort of really um, gothic feel to it. And if y'all heard a doorbell, that's because someone was ringing the doorbell at my house. And I'm um, my door was shut, but you can still hear it. It still carries. So my apologies for that. Um, but, yeah, that's basically it. Um, it So the, there was really a German version released. And then the U.S. version that I know, and I think the most part theater kids are aware of, is the um, 2014 San Diego version. And actually... It was also in um, in 20, uh, 2014, President George 2014 was when the workshop started, and it performed at the, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know, it was, it was Paper Mill Playhouse, I was going to say Pasadena, it was the Paper Mill Playhouse, um, and you know, it kind of just, it is a very good show, so that's the main one people know, the one that started work, work in 2014, but in 2016, it was at the Paper Mill Playhouse with the cast of Michael Arden as the as Hunchback as Quasimodo, um, Ciara Renee, the fantastic Ciara Renee, who you may know now from as Elsa in Frozen, um, and was also in season one of Legends of Tomorrow, which is my favorite season of that show. Um, and she she plays Esmeralda in this, and Patrick Page, the incomparable Patrick Page, um, uh, uh, performer, singer to the stars, Hades from Hades Town, Grinch from How They Go Stole Christmas, which we talked about recently. We did a whole two episodes on that. Um, but again, 
you know, he plays um, uh, Claude Frollo. And if I seem a little but uh, all over the place, it's because I, I'm trying to get back into the flow. Like I said, if I take a week off, I'm going to be kind of going into it like, what? Um, but yeah, again, it has a really good cast of, of actors to it. And that's the version people know. And I'm going to kind of go into my review of it. It, Like I said, the story is... So again, I'll, I'll do the review in a second, but I'm going to go into how I got into it. To the musical that's how normally how we would do it and since i'm just stumbling my way through this why not start with some consistency so like many um i kind of knew of hunchback of notre dame from the movie when i was very little it was one of those disney those movies that i remember seeing but didn't stick out to me and i remember kind of you know i watched it and, and when I was really little, and I forgot about all about it, you know, it wasn't one of those like Lion King, you know, uh, Lion King, Peter Pan. Well, it was it didn't stick in my mind as freshly as some of the other stuff I watched, you know. So I kind of got I got older, and I remember it kind of stuck. Back. I didn't know what really brought me back into. It. I think it was I was watching a top ten Disney villains thing, and I remember Hellfire came up, and I remember looking in the comments and saying. <laughs> Frollo's a really dark villain, like, very, very, very dark compared to other Disney character villains, and I'm like, oh, okay, and so I kind of remember watching, listening to the song, and thought, oh, this is, this is actually pretty good, and, you know, I kind of was like, okay, well, um, I, I'm gonna, I might as well, we have the movie somewhere, and it was without scratches, thankfully, and so I kind of turned on the movie, and I was unprepared for how much I liked it, and I also was unprepared for how dark it was, um, Literally, it, 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 um, and these Disney movies are dark, but this one was dark in particular because it was handling some really more adult themes than what typical Disney movies do. And so, I, I so when I heard those a musical of it, I was like, okay, let's, let's check this out. Let's see what they got here. And, you know, I have seen, having seen the movie, I was like, okay, I've seen it. I know it's dark. Let's do this immediately expectations surpassed i was like oh oh no esmeralda didn't live in the musical spoiler she does not live and as because it follows the book not the disney version so i seeing the undisneyified version but was surprising but what what but what kept me in was that it used the music from the disney piece to ease my way into the story, which I think is something that this show does really well, but we'll go more into that. So, you know, I I think I discovered this, the, the soundtrack, and a, there's a version of the performance from the Paper Mill on YouTube. I do not know if it's still there. Do not check, uh, go ahead and check if you like. It's a great performance. And, uh, you know, again, I might do a special episode on how I feel about bootlegs, but that's for another day. But anyway, that's how I discovered the musical, the performance of it, and then I listened to the soundtrack kind of at the same time. So I got into the, I don't know, I can't for the life of me just figure out what year I got into it, but I know what season. It was winter time. I think it was, I was actively, you know, I was, I, I want to say ninth grade. I feel like it was ninth grade. I was, I was very much actively like swimming at that time it was cold out i don't know like it was whenever i listened to it, it was like a cloudy day i think i started it in december and as i look on my my spotify playlist because i fun fact i've been going off of the spotify playlist for the musicals i've been talking about um we start i added this soundtrack in this december 21st in 2017 so 
what that's telling me, I think, is that I had it, um, you know, I added it, that I was listening to it in the wintertime when I, it became one of my, in my favorite musicals at the time, so, you know, we, I kind of guess that that's when, it, I know, I remember for a fact that it happened, I got obsessed in the, in the wintertime, specifically wanting to play Claude Frollo, um, even though I am nowhere near the age to play that in a production other than in high school. So, um, but yeah, I digress. So I kind of got into it. And again, I remember my first thoughts being that it was very, like I said, gothic. It's very dark. It's, um, it's definitely not a lighthearted musical. There are some funny moments from the cast, but overall it's a very, very dark story. It handles some really adult themes. It handles, um, you know, it does, it very much is, a, it's not a happy ending. If you're expecting a, which I think is really refreshing from a more traditionally Disney heralded piece, you know, it's got a good message, but ultimately the fact that it doesn't end happily is pretty refreshing in a way compared to some of the more lighthearted stuff. And I mean, and this is, you know, it, it really shows the dichotomy of a person, you know, like I'm a very optimistic and bubbly guy, but um, I think I, the reason it drew me was when I was, I found it in, in ninth grade, um, which was a very, um, emotionally, it, I, I was, I was not in the most hap, the happiest of places. Let's put it that way. I was like, you know, I was so, I was at a new school. Uh, I mean, not at a new school, but I was second year of a new school um, still fit learning, you know, you know, getting into that. I was emotionally, uh, academically doing well, emotionally not doing well. Um, you know, things were, there were so, like, let's just say like it was a role. So some days were better than others, you know, obviously I was still get finding my footing in my new school and, and just kind of things in general. I was found myself uh, drawing toward more darker and more gritty types of storytelling and this musical really fit that niche for me and it's interesting because I also remember in the months earlier than that hairspray had been a big part of my of, of, of what I've been interested in. so to go from hairspray to that I think I think around winters when I really felt that um in not insecurity but like emotional uh struggle is what emotional journey and I was not in a happy, the happiest spot I've been in. And I wasn't as optimistic as I, you know, there was, uh, there was some times where I didn't feel like, well, I, my optimism didn't really reflect how I was feeling on the inside. And so, you know, Hunchback was really good for that for me. And I really feel like it, um, it catch it aesthetically. It was just what I needed. It was the story I needed to hear. Um, and while it still is amazing and I love it, I think back then I really needed a sound like this. I really needed a story like this. It came into my life at a very, uh, at the exact moment that it needed to. Let's put it like that. That's when it came in. And so, you know, and, and, and so as I go into the review, I'm going to, I'm not going to kind of just end, end my flow of thoughts. I'm just going to keep it going. Um, cause people who are new, what I do is I talk about my, how it came into my life and, and what it meant to me. And also I kind of segue that into a review, but we're just going to go straight through into, into the review. So you conscious. So like I said, it's a very dark and Gothic story. It's appropriate. I, I would, I would say if you're under 13 or like 14, 
maybe don't um, watch this. I would say, I think if you're, you know, I definitely, if, if you're looking for something, like I said, if, it's, if you're looking for something like lighthearted and, and lovey-dovey and true love and happy ending, it's not that. If you go in expecting that, you'll be disappointed, obviously, but, and which is kind of why, you know, for me, that's what I was expecting it to be. I knew, I having seen the movie and how it ended compared to how the musical ends, two different things altogether because, well, you know, that's, that makes, um, that makes sense because it just, you know, um, it, it basically, like I said, it, um, you know, it's not the same story. It's following Victor Hugo. It's not the Disney-ified version. Um, you know, the, the chipper, uh, picture perfect ending. And so, you know, that's what honestly drew me back to it. In addition to the music and the cast, its voice, like the, the, the synergy between the music and the, the, the orchestra and the voices in this are, is truly phenomenal. It feels like I'm at a church service and it, it really is, especially with the Bells of Notre Dame. Um, and then again, there are also some really great voices like Michael Arden in, as, in Made of Stone is truly bone chilling and, and phenomenal. And Patrick Page again in Hellfire is is fantastic. And that's the song that got me into Hunchback and what I actually sang that that year in my next grade year. But like I say, if you're looking for a like if you're looking for a more nuanced, gritty story that is still a musical, but it's still dark, and you can kinda it makes you think and makes you, you know, um, I would put a trigger warning. There is some kind of assault disgust in it and there is um you know there's very much about persecution involved in this story um it's very much a part of the story so if you do go in to it I would definitely be aware of that with the story of Esmeralda and Frollo and about all of that I would and I again his actions are inexcusable I want to put that at the outset um and and again it's the it's a period piece and again it is you know, you, I think it's very much, it, it kind of, op- the show opens really bright, but then as it goes, it gets darker and sadder and, and, you know, that's how it is. That's how the, the that's how the story in itself is. It, it starts really bright, but then it gets slowly more. And, and so, and you know, you have some hopeful songs in there, like God Help the Outcast and Top of the World. And then, you know, um, Someday which is sung by Esmeralda and Phoebus before they are about to die. Um, but all that to say, it, it is very much a gothic story. And, and there are some, tri- I, if there are some trigger warnings, if, if, you know, I, they don't heavily address it in the songs that much, I will say, but in the musical, they definitely address it more than they do in the movie. And it, it so it's, I just want, if you're going to, if you're interested in checking it out, I would be aware of that. Um, because the version I saw on the internet what did not have a trigger warning on there. Not that it would have affected me, but I think as someone who if, if someone would want would want to check it out and didn't have that warning, they don't do anything too explicit, but it's still kind of brought up and still portrayed to an extent. And if it's to an extent, you should be informed at the get go at on the outset, which is what just just I'm doing that to you all as viewers if you want to check it out. You know, I wanted to cover all my bases there. And I feel like it's appropriate to do because, you know, it entertainment is can represent real life. And sometimes real life can be kind of 
well, it's called escapism for a reason. So I do want to let you all know that 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 is something to be aware of going into this um, uh, into this musical. If you really want to go into it and enjoy it, which I do recommend. Ultimately, I do recommend it, but I had to put that in there. Um, again, for me, like I said, the musical came into my life at a really important, like at a, at a proper time. Do I think I would have enjoyed it? Uh, I still enjoy the music, obviously. I haven't watched the show in a while. Do I think that I would have enjoyed it as much two years further? Uh, that doesn't make sense. Do they own it? If I, if I wasn't in the emotional spot that I was, if I had, if, okay. Whew, let's break it down. <laughs> if I had been, if I discovered this musical and I wasn't in the same emotional place as I was, do I think I would have? It, it all kind of collided really well. I was in, I was not, I was in a certain spot emotionally. I, it was winter. I was very much feeling the fall back of getting dark at five o'clock. It being cloudy all day. I had got a leather jacket that I was wearing around me to keep warm. Um, exams were happening, and you know all of that kind of together. Um, it, this musical kind of hit me at the right time. It really hit me well. I do recommend listening to it during the winter. Um, I think you'll get the best aesthetic feeling to it if you do. You don't. You obviously don't have to listen to it like only in winter. But again, for me personally, I think I do. I think it would have the same. If I had discovered it when I was in a different time, would I have been as drawn? Maybe not. But it. I'm lucky that I found it when I did. I'm lucky that I, you know, it, 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 and I always have a heart for that role. Do I think I still want to play Frollo one day? Not as much. It's not as high as, let's just say it's not as high as on my list as it was back then. I was like, because another good thing that they do over, over different from the Disney movie is that they portray Frollo not as this cartoon, this sinister villain, but rather as this tortured soul who does really messed up stuff. And that as... Again, I also felt like I resonated with that, you know? And I kind of thought, okay, well, this is the kind of role I... This is a more human role. And um, and the fact that it's showing humans in a more ugly state is really fascinating. And again, like I said, it does not justify a lick of what he does at all. But, you know, it does... Again, you kind of do see what led up to it. The show does... Does that's what another thing the show does really well. It does not excuse what he does, but it also does not hide away from showing you what led up to it and the the issues inside of him, which is portrayed beautifully through the soundtrack and through the the performance of Patrick Page. Um, he really does give Frodo something special, and I I I cannot overstate that enough. Really, um. And, you know, you do, so again, like I say, I think I would, check it out. I really do recommend you check it out. Again, if you, I understand if you don't check it out right now, because I personally have been leaning on the more, I need bright, happy, um, comedy, you know, turn my brain off entertainment right now, because the shape, the state of the world right now, I can't really, I'm, tr if I, if I can, I'm trying to limit the amount of negativity in my space. I'm trying to take time to emote for my emotional well-being. I do, like that's why I just don't watch certain movies right now, um, because they just I can't get. I don't. It's not helping my my mental or emotional well-being. So, again, um, 
If that, if right now, if you're looking for a Brian Chipper or just happy ending, that's not what this is. But if you can, if you can open yourself to listen to it, to take yourself into a more dark gothic story while you're doing your work again, you don't have to listen to it in the winter time. That's just when I discovered it helped and for me that amplified the story tenfold for me. But again, your choice. But again, like I say, that that would be my recommendation. If you are willing to listen to a more gritty, nuanced version of the story with the Disney music, but with a gothic Victor Hugo tale, I think this is definitely the show for you. And I think you'll enjoy it. Um, again, like I said, the trigger warning that they do talk about um, and, and, and portray uh, assault. And they do, you know, discuss, like, there are some violence um, towards Quasimodo because he is, um, he is differently formed and differently abled, um, and there are, you know, other, than, uh, so the, they, they, they do come up in the story, that does happen, and I think that it is something to be aware of going into it, um, but yeah, other than that, I think that is gonna be my review slash intro, which means we can now go into what is perhaps the best part of this podcast, you already know what we're doing. I, I, you know we're doing the dream casting. Come on, you knew, you knew, you knew. So, um, I'm going to. Oh, we're gonna. We have some. We have five key characters here. We're going to break them down. We're gonna dream cast them, and then we're gonna wrap it up and talk about other things. But first, the dream casting. If I. Basically, could go see a show, this show live, if it was a revival, if it was, you know, like a cast, anyone as a director or as an audience member, and slash or an audience member, I break it down and ask myself, if I could go see this show, who do I want to see perform and play the characters? You know, that's what I want to know. That's what I want to see. What I want to do. So, with that being said, we're going to get into it. And I also shout out the OG cast members because... They're wonderful. They're amazing. They're iconic. We gotta respect them. So we gonna get go ahead and uh, we're gonna do that. So let's get into it. <clears throat> Quasimodo, the actual hunchback of Notre Dame, who rings the bells. Um, in the original performance from the Lajola Play, the Joya Playhouse, and the Paper Mill Playhouse, um, Michael Arden, amazing singer so good he is i mean made of stone is just one of the most chilling songs and most heartbreaking songs um in the in in like in musical theater history in my opinion it is so tragic and so beautiful it's the right amount of anger and pain and and just it's so good it really really is and as as far as um male songs go i think it is one of my most uh, is one of the most chilling songs. I have never made it through that song without having goosebumps. So again, it's great. I think for this role, I want to see Jonathan Groff play Quasimodo. And I say that, it, I mean, if you don't know who Jonathan Groff's from, let me give you a little rundown. Hamilton, King George, Frozen, Christoph Glee, Jesse St. James. The man knows his way around musicals. Most recently, he played Seymour Crowborn in an off-Broadway production of Little Shop of Horrors, also featuring Christian Borle as the um, as the dentist, Dentist Orange Gravello. But we're talking about Jonathan Groff right now. 
He is iconic. He is so good. He has an amazing voice and can really emote well and tell a story. Um, I feel like he would do Quasimodo some real justice. And I think seeing him in a more serious role um, would be fascinating. He's more comic relief typically. So to see him play a really serious emotional role in such a serious story would be really fascinating. I think he would really do a good job. I don't know. Personally, I would like to see it. Um, and that would be who I would want to see as Quasimodo. Um, side note, I just think, uh, as a note, side note, I'm just going to say I want to see Quasimodo, but, <clears throat> excuse me, I also would be down to see uh, I would be, like I would uh, I would love to see just how we would portray the the first scene the end of, the end of the Bells of Notre Dame song we see this at, so we see Michael Arden basically put on this hunch thing and he puts on his makeup on the stage and literally becomes Quasimodo and I'm, it's such a chilling and inspiring thing and he ends up saying what makes a monster and what makes a man as he's putting it all on his and his transformation is completed so, and it's so fantastic to see you love to see it and it's so good um and it's just it's just it's it gets me every time but i would see him as quasimodo moving forward esmeralda the gypsy girl um who catches the attention of our three main characters those being quasimodo phoebus and frollo so you know we got to find someone for her but firstly a shout out the amazing Ciara Renee, um, such an authentic performance, such a beautiful voice. Her rendition of God Help the Outcast in Someday, she's such a heartwarming voice and is a ray of light in an otherwise really dark and crappy world that the story takes place in. Um, it's so good and, it's, and the love story between her and Phoebus is really, really sweet and really heartwarming to watch. Um... It always makes me smile, and, um, you know, I would love to see um, Parissa Koo play see, um, Esmeralda. And the reason, if you don't know who, what she's been in, um, she's kind of, um, she's she was in a performance of the Brat Pack musical, which is kind of uh, about um, kind of the 80s wave of music uh, movies, about um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you look at... Um, uh, the Breakfast Club, just to name a few, but she, uh, in addition, is in a web series called Gal Pals, which is hilarious. Go check it out; you can find it on YouTube. Gal Pals, and she's just so good in that. Her first appearance was in season two, and she was in season three as well, which is the final season. But she has a great voice. She's very great, and she's a fantastic actress. Iconic. I feel like this role would really showcase her amazing voice. I don't know. I don't want to see it. I want to see, it. and I also want to see some more actors entering the Broadway realm, and she's definitely one of them, um, or more prim prominently folks featured in as an actress and as a performer. I think she's amazing, and her voice is, again, not amazing, and she is so iconic, and she's great. So, again, she would be a great Esmeralda, in my opinion. Um, so then, for Phoebus, the captain of the guard, or, or and eventually ex-captain of the Royal Guard, um, is played by the amazing Andrew Szymanski, um, he does a very, very, very good job in this role. He's, he kind of is the character who gets woken up to how messed up everything really is as the story continues. Um, and Andrew Samansky does a great job of, of portraying that. And his part, while not as uh, captivating as I would say um, Frollo, Esmeralda, or Quasimodo's journeys are, they're still, it's, it's still really good. 
And it's still, I think it's one of the only characters who's still alive at the very end. And you kind of end up pitying him because, you know, he lost. It's not even as much as Quasimodo did, but, you know, you, you gotta feel bad for the guy at the end of the day. Um, for me, I think the best choice for this character would probably be, um, you know, this is where I, I gotta be honest and say I haven't thought of who could do this role justice. I kind of feel like Jeremy Jordan would do a good job, and I guess it's because, I mean, maybe I want to just, it's me wanting to see Jonathan Groff and Jeremy Jordan in something together, but, you know, I think he would do a really good job, and he has a great voice, he's a great performer, um, last five years film, Supergirl, um, Newsies, I mean, just, just his, his, his resume is fantastic, he is so good, so iconic, so talented, I would love to see him play, um, um, Phoebus, he has a great star quality, so that'll draw people in to watch it, and, you know, what the heck, I think it would be a good casting, and I'm gonna stick with it, um, and then, of course, we have, I think his name is Cleopan, um, who is the head, the leader, kind of the, our narrator, um, in the film, but is kind of just more of the ringleader of, um, the gypsies in the, in the show, and I think for the, and the character of Eric, Actor Eric Lieberman does a great job of portraying him. He's very funny. He's comic relief. Um, and he's just so, so, so good. He's wonderful. Um, I think, and I don't I don't know his full name, but I know his nickname. I'm going to use that. UTK um, from Freestyle Love Supreme, from the Pitch Perfect franchise. I would like to see him do Feast of Fools. I'd like to see him play this role. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Again, taking a more comedically styled actor and putting him in a more serious story, I think it would be really refreshing to show their ranges. And, you know, I think it would be kind of cool to see what he would do with that role. I think seeing him sing um, in, a place of, in a place of miracles. And then again, like the Topsy Turvy um, would also be really fun to see him perform as well. So, you know what? What the heck? Let's have UTK play Cleopan. Um, and last but not least, the amazing Claude Frollo, played by the fantastic Patrick Page, who drew me in to this role with his performance. Um, I gotta say, he it's this role so complicated, and while I, I gotta be honest, I've been thinking about who could play this role, and to be honest, I don't see anyone else ever playing this role in my mind that I would be happy to see than Patrick Page. And I know... As I'm saying this, I'm probably going to think of somebody else later. But honestly, even now, it's not coming into my mind. I have to say, Patrick Page as Claude Frollo to round out this cast. I, this main cast of characters. Because, oh my gosh, so great. Such a great performer. He really, he knows how to make us not, again, his actions are terrible. He is not to be pitied. But you get this, you get the complex human being. And that's with all the characters, really. None of these people are perfect. None of them. Even Quasimodo, who arguably is supposed to be the protagonist, is clearly, you know, he, he, he has a lot to learn. He doesn't know everything that's going on. And he does make some calls that are selfish. And he does, you know, he, again, it, it really is about, you, you pity him. <clears throat> but I think the beauty, beautiful part of it is that all the characters are flawed. Honestly, the only character, with the only exception really being Esmeralda, who was really just a kid. If you think about it, in the book, she's 15 years old. 
Um, and she's just trying to make her way in the world. And, you know, it's really a struggle. And, and she kind of finds herself the victim of a system that doesn't love her or care about her and is exposed and violated in the worst way imaginable. She finds love, which is then taken away from her. She is framed. She is then torn. She is then she is killed, um, burned to the stake. And it's just so tragic, really. And so I don't know. I think Patrick Page really captures, like I said, before I got off top I got off topic, would do a great job playing Frollo. I really can't imagine anyone else playing Frollo. Um again, iconic song is Hellfire. Love that in whole show. And that kind of runs up my cast. Um, that being Jonathan Graff is Quasimodo, Parissa Q is Esmeralda, Phoebus at uh Phoebus. Jeremy Jordan is Phoebus. Cleopan, uh, played by UTK, and Claude Frollo, played by Patrick Page. That'll be my cast. That's my dream cast for the Hunter of Notre Dame. Um, you know, that's that's really my choice. Um, if you want to listen to the soundtrack of this amazing, uh, and to support this original cast, please go on Spotify, go on YouTube, you'll find the soundtrack. Again, I'm not advocating, I don't even know if it's out there anymore, but there is a Paper Mill Playhouse or a La Joya Playhouse production of Hunchback out there and available and I don't normally condone bootlegs but this was back in 2016 um and I, I might do an episode on bootlegs I feel like it's inevitable at this point I, I um it a lot of my story is about seeing some bootlegs so I, I do need to bring it up eventually and discuss it on this episode these podcasts so I will and I'm going to um but yeah that's kind of the end of this episode on the Hunchback of Notre Dame I'll be releasing this and our special episode that I recorded last week today, and I will, and tomorrow you'll be getting another episode, a musical review episode, and we'll be going from there. Um, Before I go, I kind of want to just talk a little bit about everything you can expect going forward. Um, the next special episode, I'm letting you know, I'm going to do a Q&A. I'm going to go on my Instagram and I'm going to post some questions. I'm going to ask you, ask me anything about this podcast. Um, I'm going to do a Q&A episode on my podcast. I'm going to be asking any and all questions kind of around at the year because the truth is, guys, I've been thinking, been a, I've been nostalgic a lot really lately. Maybe it's because I'm in my senior year and the first semester is done with, but um, I just, it just hit me that 2020 is almost over and I'm kind of still trying to, con- I'm trying to figure out how I made it through, to be honest. Um, and I know one of the things that got me through it was doing this, this podcast. It's been a, an amazing ride. I saw on my anchor that I've, we've had officially 200 listens and which boggles my mind. I cannot believe this many people are following it. Um, this is so magical to me that you are grasping onto this. I want to make my audience bigger next year. I want to expand. Um, I'll talk more about that in depth, maybe in the special, the Q and a episode. If y'all want to know where this podcast is going, um, and you know, maybe just really, really, I want to see where this goes because this has been a really amazing outlet to talk about the arts. Um, Again, that's another special episode we've been talking about. I want to do an episode on saving the arts because that matters right now, too. Um, and, you know, again, it's just been a lot of fun doing this, and I don't want to stop doing it. And we're going to go out into the new year with this. And, and again, <clears throat> I'll be going back to school after this week, um, and we'll have to try and find a, a more cohesive schedule because you can bet I'll be being thrown right back into the brink of it. 
Um, but all that to say, we're going to have a great time. I love these episodes. I love hanging out with you all. I love talking uh, about musicals. I hope you all are enjoying it too. Um, you'll be getting two episodes today. Again, if you like this episode, share it with a friend. Give it a listen. I know they can be long, but trust me, they're a lot of good fun. We geek out here. We geek out. We fan out. We talk about things we love. And they're musicals. I mean, I mean, it's just a great time. It's a great time all around. So share them out. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, and we'll just be, I'll give you, be giving you another episode tomorrow. Then we'll be doing the Q&A, and we'll see where we go from there. But thank you so much for joining me on this episode. You all have been a fantastic audience. Check out Hunter Baker Notre Dame. Check out the original cast. Check it out. I hope you all have had a great listening experience. I know I've been a little all over the place, um, but I truly, I truly appreciate you. I hope you all are living your best lives, are healthy, happy, and safe. And remember, keep getting out to the musicals. I'm Lincoln Turner, and thank you so much for joining me. Bye-bye.